Welcome to Casa Talk Chronicles, the podcast where we detail the people, the places, and the heritage of Southwest Arkansas. We'll start off with a brief apology. We're releasing this episode a couple of days late due to some unforeseen stuff, but I think we'll be back on track by the end of the week. Also, I'm sorry if I missed you at the Washita Bigfoot Festival late last month. While the family and I made it out there for a few hours, we weren't able to enjoy the festival as much as we hoped by camping out and going squatch hunting that night and all the rest. We planned to be there that Friday, but it decided to rain nonstop morning till midnight. And we thought sheltering in a tent all day and all night with an 18-month-old baby would probably be less fun than it even sounds. It takes about 10 minutes of living in Arkansas to realize you can never predict the weather or count on it being what you want it to be. The weather decided to derail the second half of that weekend as well, an alligator hunting expedition on some private land near my house. We had secured our tags, got permission from the landowners, got my boat ready for the trip, the firearms and tools we'd need to make it all happen. I even had fresh venison prepared to make chili at the campsite that evening. Everything started off well enough, including launching a boat in a pretty sketchy place and then realizing the rough ride down there damaged the fuel supply system causing fuel to flood the engine. Fortunately, some equally sketchy repairs with zip ties and duct tape along with a full gas can allowed me to get that motor working again. But then, a few minutes in, I realized my buddy had rather poorly installed the boat plug. That allowed water to start flooding the boat, but nothing that 30 minutes of bailing water couldn't fix. We spent the rest of the evening looking for our gator. So here's the thing. We were told there were gators on the property. In fact, hundreds of them but we hadn't actually seen any before we started the hunt. I'm certain there were, and there still are. In this part of southwest Arkansas, just about every puddle of water has a gator inside. So basically, we were hoping we'd just run into the big one, preferably, you know, a state record breaker. For a few hours, we cruised the river, listening to the Razorbacks game as they battled LSU down in Death Valley. The Tigers' narrow victory by just three points should have portended what was to come, but we stayed optimistic, even as we sulked over Arkansas's loss. Now, it was about one or so in the morning when we began to feel the first drops of rain and notice what looked like a massive fireworks show out in the distance. Except it wasn't fireworks, but a severe thunderstorm rolling its way straight at us. Knowing enough science to realize sitting on a metal boat on a river in a thunderstorm was a pretty bad idea, we landed the boat and sought shelter in my friend's 2000 Toyota 4Runner. The model with the sunroof, the one that's notorious for leaking. Yeah. We only had until about 6.30 or so that morning to legally harvest an alligator. We eyed the clock as the storm approached, bringing down a torrent of rain and some of the wildest lightning I've ever seen. It was about 4 that morning when we realized, with the help of some unexpected internet service that allowed us to check out the weather radar, that this storm wasn't going anywhere anytime soon. Brokenheartedly, we called off the hunt. Given the trouble we had launching the boat, we decided it would be best to leave the boat behind and come back later that day to get it. We drug it up onto shore and tied off both the trailer and the boat. With what I thought was pretty good foresight, I removed the boat plug to allow the rain to leak out instead of pulling up inside. Irritated by the weather and not thinking straight, the decision to leave the boat would turn out to be a bad one. The drive back, which took us 15 minutes in the day, took more than 45 at night because we kept getting turned around. There were no roads that led to where we were. Soaked, sullen, and exhausted from the long night, we parted ways. We met back up that next afternoon after we had both managed to sleep a few hours. 
We got back to the property and realized pretty quick we shouldn't have left the boat. The roads and trails we took to get to the river were completely flooded. We realized real quickly that the river had risen some eight feet from the previous night's storms. What that meant for my little boat, well, it probably wasn't good. My friend graciously decided to brave the flooded roads and rain-soaked pastures to get back to the boat. To put it mildly, it was some rough going. But we made it, and to our amazement, there was the boat. Just barely. My decision to remove the boat plug turned out to be a poor one once the river flooded and the boat was no longer on land. There it was in the middle of the river, tied off to a tree and slowly flooding. I'm really not sure how much longer the little vessel would have had if we hadn't got to it at that moment. The river was just an inch or two from the gunwales. Any more water inside of it, and it would have sank straight to the bottom and would still be there right now. Although we hadn't seen an alligator the night before, the idea of a 12-foot trophy gator patrolling this section was foremost on my mind as I swam out to the middle of the raging river to retrieve my boat. I only found the trailer, which was completely submerged, when I banged my knee into the winch while I was swimming. Fortunately, we were able to recover boat and trailer without being eaten by an alligator. And we reinforced the lesson of not waiting until tomorrow when you can do something today, even if today is 4 a.m. Because of flooding on our way in, we decided not to take the boat out, but instead place it on some high ground that would be safe until the water receded. Safe, I figured, in all but Noah's time. The drive out was more harrowing than the drive in as the water was visibly rising during our few hours out there. Oh yeah, I should mention that I told my wife I'd be home within an hour. She was quite surprised when we got back nearly four hours later. Okay, so enough of all that. It's time to move on to the focus of today's episode. We're doing something a little different today. There's no interview today. Instead, we're going to look into what might just be the biggest thing to ever happen in southwest Arkansas. The 2024 total solar eclipse. Seriously. April 8th of next year is going to be a pretty big deal here in southwest Arkansas. Like big on a universal scale. Before we get to that discussion, however, let's take a quick break and hear a word from our second sponsor, Smartphone EMT. Imagine the scene. You're walking towards your front door, one arm full of groceries, another holding on to your young child. Then your phone rings. It's that important work call you've been waiting for all day. You can't miss it. You fumble to get your phone out of your pocket. And that's when you realize you can't do three things at once. You hold on to the child. You save the groceries. But your phone... Slip, fall, shatter. Sounds familiar? Well, it's exactly what happened to me the other day. Now, I could have tossed the phone, lost all my contacts, lost all those photos of my daughter, that important text message I hadn't responded to just yet, and went on to buy another. But instead, I went to Smartphone EMT to have my phone fixed like new. And with locations in Queen, Arkansas, Broken Bow, Oklahoma, and Texarkana, Texas, finding a Smartphone EMT location couldn't have been more convenient. Esteban Ochoa and Smartphone EMT's experienced crew of technicians specialize in both Apple and Samsung products, including iPhones, iPads, all models of Galaxies, as well as PC and MacBook repair, virus removal, custom builds, setup, and much more. Come see for yourself why Smartphone EMT has an established reputation for quality repair and fun customer service. Smartphone EMT is locally owned, people-oriented, and the area's best for smartphone and iPad repairs. Find out more about Smartphone EMT at SmartphoneEMT.com or visit the Facebook page. Give them a call at any of their three locations or just stop by in person. Smartphone EMT is fixing broken phones and broken hearts. Okay, so the solar eclipse. 
pretty big deal, right? I understand your skepticism. What's the big deal about an eclipse? Well, first off, let's talk about what a solar eclipse actually is. That's what you call when the moon passes between the Earth and the sun, obscuring the view of the sun from a small portion of the Earth, either partially or totally. These events occur around every six months when the moon's orbital plane is closest to the plane of the Earth's orbit. In a total eclipse, the disk of the sun is fully obscured by the moon. In partial and annular eclipses, only part of the sun is blocked. Are you with me so far? Okay, awesome. So, why is next year's total solar eclipse such a big deal? Well, unlike a lunar eclipse, which can be viewed from anywhere on the night side of Earth, a solar eclipse can only be viewed from a relatively small area of the world. As such, although total solar eclipses occur somewhere on Earth every 18 months on average, they recur at any given place only once every 360 to 410 years. That means, unless you're the Highlander, you're lucky if you ever get to catch one. But it turns out luck is in our favor here in southwest Arkansas because we're going to be smack dab in the middle of the path of totality for next year's total eclipse. If you're like me and were caught by surprise by the notion of next year's solar eclipse just so happening to occur in our area, turns out it shouldn't have been a surprise at all. Turns out you could have figured out more than 2,000 years ago that this was going to happen right here in southwest Arkansas on April 8th of 2024. Astronomers' predictions of eclipses began in China as early as the 4th century B.C. Eclipses hundreds of years into the future may now be predicted with high accuracy. In other words, for astronomers, this is all really old news. However, for us here in southwest Arkansas, we had no idea it was coming until just a couple of years ago. And when it comes to time scales on a solar level, the 190 days or so we now have until the April 8, 2024 total solar eclipse isn't much. Now you might ask, isn't much for what? If it's going to happen, what is there to worry about? Well, apparently a lot. Being such a relatively rare event means a lot of people are determined not to miss it. The next total solar eclipse won't even touch the contiguous United States until 2044. Two decades from next year's event. So yeah, folks who are into chasing eclipses here in the United States won't want to miss next year's event. And when it comes to eclipse chasing, it's all about making every second count. Arkansas tourism officials anticipate hundreds of thousands. Some estimate over one million will visit the state to see the rare celestial event. Our state has a population of around three million. So yeah, that's a lot of people, proportionately speaking, who will be coming to Arkansas. Now, how many will visit our southwest corner? Well, that's impossible to tell with any real certainty, but a good answer would be probably way more than we think. You see, our corner of the state, and specifically the township of Gillum on the northern periphery of Sevier County, just so happens to lie within one of the prime viewing locations for the 2024 total solar eclipse. The small town's 4 minutes and 18 seconds is the longest period of totality in Arkansas. That is, the amount of time the sun will be entirely eclipsed by the moon. To be fair, other places have longer durations, including Dallas and San Antonio. But good luck finding a decent spot there. There's also the Mexican state of Zacatecas. A couple of its cities can post a greater period of totality than Gillum. However, you might hold off purchasing airfare or planning a road trip, at least just yet. The U.S. State Department has issued a do-not-travel advisory for Zacatecas due to high crime generally 
and the kidnapping of Americans, more specifically. So unless you want to fight through Texas-sized hordes of spectators or risk finding yourself in a trending CNN news story, Gillum, Arkansas might just be the best place on the planet to watch the 2024 eclipse. The estimates on the number of people expected to visit southwest Arkansas aren't without historical precedent. The last total eclipse in the United States, way back in 2017, saw more than a million people visit Wyoming. That was around twice the state's population. Another point to keep in mind, Wyoming, with its 2 minutes and 26 seconds of totality, was one of the best places to see the eclipse that year. Gillum's period of totality next year is almost twice as long. Everyone in the eclipse-watching community, and it's apparently a big one, knows that detail by now. An eclipse chaser from Bulgaria will supposedly be set up in his RV along my driveway. That driveway, just west of Dequain, Arkansas, measured all the way to Bulgaria, is a distance just shy of 6,000 miles. I do wonder, if this guy from Eastern Europe is willing to travel to Sevier County to see the eclipse, who else will? Again, probably a lot. The next natural question is, what do we do with them all? Ensure they have a good time, of course. Officials with our local governments and economic development organizations hope they leave with a desire to come back. The event also offers a huge opportunity for local businesses and artisans to earn some great revenue. Brooke Kaufman, Wyoming's Eclipse czar in 2017, said anything that wasn't nailed down, and even a few things that were, got scooped up by tourists wanting to immortalize their experience with a local souvenir or two. A safe bet is that southwest Arkansas, in fact the entire region, will be no different. But while there's been a lot of discussion locally and across the state about the economic opportunities presented by the eclipse, there's another discussion whose focus is sharpening. How to get everyone through the whole thing smoothly and safely. It's not exactly every day you have tens of thousands of people descend on your small rural community in hopes of catching a glimpse of a once-in-a-lifetime celestial event. I recently attended a meeting of first responders and government officials based in Sevier County where they discussed how best to deal with so many people in such a short period of time. I'll admit the discussion was pretty neat to watch unfold and I love some of the ideas I heard. Setting up first aid stations in areas likely to see traffic congestion. Setting up a fleet of ATVs and side-by-sides to traverse ditches adjacent to highways to deliver gas and medical treatment to folks stuck in traffic before during, and after the eclipse. That's a good idea, given what Casper saw in 2017. People were stuck along I-25 for as much as eight hours after the eclipse. I wonder what that means for southwest Arkansas, with our little two-lane highways. But I'm also excited, not just to live in a prime viewing location for the 2024 total solar eclipse, but also to see what kind of economic potential it has for our region. And also because the sheer chaos of the whole thing might be pretty fun to watch unfold. At least for my house, where I'll have already stocked up on all the fuel and supplies I'll need and can watch the eclipse perfectly from my backyard. The days leading up to the April 8, 2024 eclipse are likely to be some very exciting times across the region. It'll be a great chance to show off our communities, tourism opportunities, and businesses. The economic potential is sure to be great. But as one person put it during that meeting I attended, it's likely also to be chaos. The question will be, how much can that chaos be managed? Fortunately, our region is blessed with a large group of dedicated first responders from police officers and sheriff's deputies to EMTs, county road crews, and volunteer firefighters. They'll be tasked with a mission they're familiar with, but on a much larger scale. Getting tens of thousands of people into and out 
of Southwest Arkansas in one piece. It's going to be an interesting few days, to put it mildly. Once it's over and everything returns to normal, we'll hopefully all be able to look back fondly at the 2024 eclipse, maybe even laugh a little bit. One thing's for sure, we'll all be glad that it won't happen again for a very long time. Okay, so that's my first little spiel on the 2024 total solar eclipse. I encourage you to take a moment and check out Arkansas Tourism's website at arkansas.com and check out their dedicated eclipse page for more information specific to the event here in Arkansas. I also want to shout out all the folks behind capitalizing on the occasion here in southwest Arkansas, folks like Suzanne Babb of the Sevier County Chamber of Commerce. Despite numerous obstacles in her path, lack of awareness being a top one, she is doing an amazing job training up communities in Sevier County ahead of the eclipse. Find out more about the work she and the Chamber are doing at visitsevereAR.com. I think this is a good place to leave today's episode, but I don't think this is the last we talk about the eclipse. We'll definitely be back to talk more about the celestial spectacle as we near April 8, 2024. We'll even try to get maybe an expert or two. In the meantime, let me thank Cossatot Chronicle producers Jen Albert and Tyler Massey for making me look and sound better than I deserve. I want to also take a moment to thank our sponsors, DeQueen Auto Group, located conveniently on Colin Ray Drive in DeQueen. Give them a call at 870-642-3604, or better yet, stop by in person, whether you're in the market for a new vehicle or just need to keep that old one running. Either way, the folks at DeQueen Auto Group are going to ensure you and your vehicle are well taken care of. And thanks to Smartphone EMT. Find out why Smartphone EMT has established a solid reputation for quality repair and fun customer service specializing in smartphones and iPads. Convenient locations in DeQueen, Arkansas, Texarkana, Texas, and Broken Bow, Oklahoma. Check them out at SmartphoneEMT.com or visit them on Facebook. And of course, thanks especially to you, the listener. From me and everyone with the Washita Podcast Network, thanks for listening to Casa Talk Chronicles and make sure to check out the others at thewashitapodcast.com. Visit Casa Talk Chronicles on Facebook and email us at casatalkchronicles at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time.